The serious side of the J. Ross Show is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network. My father's conversation with me was daily. My grandfather uh, talked to me as a, as, a, as a black man from Augusta, Georgia, growing up in the Deep South. Frightening. And I'm being very light when I use the word frightening. If something goes wrong, your first line of defense, uh, you know, your parents not being there, is to go to the police. If you're Caucasian. So, well, I, I mean, yes, still, that's what you still, teach your children. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it can't work for black children, right? right? Being an African-American is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful blessing. You have come from great people. What I love about you as my son is I remember when we thought about having you and, you know, knowing that we wanted you and watching you grow. You are the Muhammad Ali, you are the Malcolm X, you are the Martin Luther King. You are an amazing young man, and the future is yours. And I will do my best to make sure you're safe. That's it. I love you. Why should I vote? Nothing ever changes. The system is rigged. Why bother? Whether you're trying to get dinner on the table after working a double shift, dropping baby off with grandma, or studying for exams, voting can feel like the furthest thing from your mind. You might even feel like it's just not worth it. But that's exactly what some people want you to think. The truth is, when we stay home, things stay the same or they get worse. But when we all vote, we get new ideas and new energy. We get leaders who share our values and listen to our voices. That's how we change America. And that's why it's so important to register right now and vote this November. And in every election, go to whenweallvote.org or text WEALLVOTE to 97779 to get started and know that your vote will make a difference. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Welcome to the serious side. We are experiencing some technical difficulties at the moment. We should be on the air soon and we apologize for the inconvenience. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. The U.S. Postal Service is warning that mail-in ballots sent by the deadline may not arrive in time to be counted for the presidential election. NPR's Amy Howard reports that now Democrats in Congress are considering returning early from their August break to address the unfolding crisis. This weekend saw protests outside the Washington home of Postmaster General Louis DeJoy. The Republican megadonor who took over in May has cut costs, slowing down the mail. Democratic Congressman Jerry Connolly tells NPR that with the pandemic and the upcoming election, the timing could not be worse. This is when you decide to implement changes that you know will have the effect of delaying mail. I'm sorry, the timing is not coincidental. It's deliberate. President Trump has falsely claimed that mail-in voting leads to rampant fraud. Universal 
mail-in voting is going to be catastrophic. It's going to make our country a laughing stock all over the world. The USPS is counting on Congress for billions of dollars, but talks over a broader pandemic relief package have broken down. Amy Held, NPR News. To western Colorado now, where the Grizzly Creek fire is burning at South Chart, more than 19,000 acres in the western part of the state, but appears to have spared one of the state's most popular hiking destinations. Colorado Public Radio's Stina Sieg reports. When the Grizzly Creek fire burned through the area of Hanging Lake, Ken Murphy feared the worst. His business, Glenwood Adventure Company, runs the permits for the hike to the Alpine Lake, known for its emerald color and waterfalls. When he finally saw images from a flyover of the seemingly untouched lake area, he says it felt like a miracle. We have that uh, patch of greenery amongst all the the, the chaos in the canyon. It's um, All I could say was, wow. The fire has been burning since Monday and has prompted the evacuation of hundreds of people and the indefinite closure of a vital interstate. For NPR News, I'm Stina Sieg in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Firefighters also battling flames near Los Angeles amid a heat wave that prompted the operator of California's power grid to implement rolling blackouts this weekend to conserve electricity. Afghan officials say there was an assassination attempt against a woman who serves as a member of the government's peace negotiation team. The Taliban denies responsibility. This NPR's Dia Hadid reports. This was a rare violent incident against a member of the Afghan government's peace negotiation team. Officials said Fadia Kulfi was attacked by gunmen as she returned home from a funeral north of Kabul. Kulfi is one of 21 people who are representing Afghanistan in upcoming peace talks with the Taliban. She's a former lawmaker and women's rights activist, and she's been critical of the Taliban in the past. Both the insurgents and militants of Islamic State have attacked government officials. The attack was widely condemned by the Afghan government and prominent Afghans. Dear Hadid, NPR News, Islamabad. This is NPR. Coming up next on the serious side. And uh, they give us their answers. It's that time to receive their answers. They have 90 seconds. The clock is on now. Vanessa, does he have to pick a black woman to be his VP? He does now. Since he put his foot in his mouth last week again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That's all right. You ready to go to work? Oh my God. I'm so ready to go to work. First of all, is the answer yes? The answer is absolutely <laughs> yes, no, and I am ready to work. I am ready to do this with you, for you. I, I just, I'm just deeply honored and I'm very excited. A fight over post office funding with potential implications for the election is interfering with congressional talks to renew coronavirus aid. President Trump rejects the Democrats' demand for $25 billion in emergency funding for the U.S. Postal Service, plus another $3.6 billion to help states process mail-in ballots in November. We are going to make this decision now. The Fox News decision desk has called Pennsylvania... For Donald Trump, this means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States, winning the most 
unreal, surreal <laughs> election we have ever seen. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Roll Show with Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Roll. <laughs> Thank you so much, and good morning, everyone. Today is August 16th, 2020, and here are the topics that we'll be discussing right here on the serious side. Ready for the fight? This past week, Vice President Biden selected Kamala Harris to be his running mate. Are you happy with that choice? We'll talk about that coming up next. The POTUS, POTUS, Maybe POTUS is the right word. It's going postal. The President of the United States has openly admitted that he will not support funding for the post office due to mail-in balloting. It is hard to believe that this President continues to blatantly defy the norms and the rule of law in broad daylight. Wow, wow, wow. And last but not certainly least, the What If Game, a game that originated from the J. Ryle Show, Rest in Peace. We're playing the What If Game, and today's topic is... What if President Donald Trump wins re-election in 2020? All damn, for shame, for shame. But as always, I never shut a stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. First up, see my big sis. Love her to death. Always bring that southern twang to the show. And once again, she watches CNN, MSNBC, and hang out with Trump supporters so you don't have to. The very lovely Miss Vanessa Mae Bell from the Mac. Now, good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? <laughs> good morning, Jay. I love you, too. I love your family. Your daughters are gorgeous. And I just appreciate being a part of your world. Good morning, everybody. Thank y'all for listening. Oh, my goodness. Uh, somebody bring me some tissue. She trying early this morning. Thank you so much, Ms. Sis. And all I can say is ditto. Uh, I am just so fortunate to have people like you that I call my sis and family. Love you to death. And uh, can't wait to hear what you have to say this morning. Speaking of family, you know, we both, everybody has male and female family members, right? Well, I'm so fortunate because I have a, just a smart, beautiful sister, but I also have an intelligent, educated little brother, a man that I think that can one day run for president his damn self, at least city council in North Carolina. Let's say good morning to my main man, Mr. Johnny D, in the place to be. Man, good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Well, we did, but uh, something happened. But, yeah, we could hear you. He's here, I promise. Hello? He is in the house. There he is. You're here. Good morning. How are you? All right, Jay. Yep. All right. Can, can, can you hear me? I can. Hello? Johnny. All right. Okay. Good morning, I apologize. I'm having, some, I'm having some technical all right. difficulties already this morning. So uh, It's okay. You're in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? All right, I'm doing well as usual. Looking forward to the show. And uh, Miss Vanessa, good morning. Dr. Williams, uh, Jerome, and Les, and my big brother Jay. Good morning to you and to all of those individuals that allow us on a weekly basis to come into their homes. Absolutely. It's a privilege and an honor. We don't take that lightly. Thank you, Johnny D. And the man who's really the mayor of the TJRS Radio Network, the man who really runs every damn thing around here, my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? 
I am doing well. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Sora. Uh, uh, good morning, Hawk. Good morning, Jerome. Um, man, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't run for, I couldn't, I used to think I couldn't run for president either because of some of the things I've done in my past. But hell, at the criminal we got in the White House, I, I, I would look like a quiet boy. I don't, well, I don't know about that statement, but uh, it'd be tough. You, it'd be a hard fight for you. Some of the stuff, some of the skeletons you have in your closet. Do I digress? All right, uh, our dear friend and brother, colleague, Mr. Dromas Bree, usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio, and of course, Kathleen Williams is off this morning. But let, we hold it down. The number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I echo my colleague saying thank you so much for allowing us in your homes every Sunday morning. We appreciate you. Hope uh, everything is going well in your neck of the woods. Hope you're being safe and sound and virus-free. And when you walk out that door, put on the mask. World-famous chat room should be open. And, of course, you can leave your comments there or you can frequent or socialize on the many social media websites that we've monitored throughout the course of the show. You can leave your comments there if you're bashful and shy. And if they uh, are respectful and if they say what we want them to say, we'll read them on the air. No, I'm just joking with you. Listen, we'll read your comments if they're respectful during the chatterbox section of the show, which is about 90 minutes away. Once again, 347-850-1272. You can participate in this democracy. Without any further ado, let's get this party started. My campaign has always been a family affair, every campaign I've run. So I've got some news for you. You're all honorary Bidens. <laughs> and here's the best part. Kamala, you've been an honorary Biden for quite some time. You know, I came first to know who Kamala was through our son, Bo Biden. They were friends. They served as attorneys general at the same time. They took the same big, they took on the same big fights together. Your next vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Kamala, the floor is yours. What do you want? Here you go. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. As I said, Joe, when you called me, I am incredibly honored by this responsibility, and I'm ready to get to work. I am ready to get to work. His empathy, his compassion, his sense of duty to care for others is why I am so proud to be on this ticket. And Joe and I, yes, we are cut from the same cloth. Family is everything to me, too. And I cannot wait for America to get to know my husband, Doug, and our amazing kids, Cole and Ella. Because whether I'm cheering in the bleachers at a swim meet or setting up a college room dorm or helping my goddaughter prepare for her school debate or building Legos with my godson or hugging my two baby nieces or cooking dinner, Sunday dinner, my family means everything to me. And I've had a lot of titles over my career, and certainly vice president will be great, but Mamala will always be the one that means the most. There it is. 
your vice presidential candidate on the Democratic ticket, Kamala Harris. It was announced this past Thursday, I think it was, when he made the announcement. Maybe it was Wednesday. But now Kamala is called the Biden-Harris ticket. And I'm here to tell you that no one on this panel wanted her to be on that uh, second, uh, didn't want her to be on that ticket. But uh, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. It's happened. And so now... What do you think and how do you feel about the ticket? Let me just go to you, Mr. Elias, with a simple question, man. Your thoughts? How do you feel about it? Do you think it's a winning ticket? What say you? Y'all, you know, like I said, you're right. Kamala Harris was not my first choice at all. Uh, but do I think it's a winning ticket? Most definitely, because, you know, she is a political star, man, if you think about it. And, you know, I think about the debate. Between her and Mike Pence, you're going to eat this clown alive, man. So the first thing Trump says about her is that she's mean and she's nasty, and I can't believe Joe Biden picked her. I, I, she's just a nasty person. Then the second thing he came out and said, you know, was, and his son, his dumbass son retweeted tweeted this, where he said she's not even, she shouldn't be allowed to run for vice president because guess why? Haha, a birthday incident again. She was, she's not American citizen. What is it with this dude and black people who are born in this country? What is it with that? Why does he keep playing this stupid game? I don't understand it. You can't get me to understand it. But I digress. I, I, I'd say it's a winning ticket, yes, most definitely, because she's, she's going to tell. She's going to tell. Because her job is to go, to, to, to go after everything that Biden don't, don't want to go after. So, yeah, she's going to tear somebody's butt up. She's a tag dog. You know, uh, I hear people say that a lot, Vanessa. But one of the people, one of the things that people were saying during the Democratic primaries, uh, during that whole thing, during one of the debates, that Tulsi Gabbard really was the one that landed a fatal blow to uh, Senator Harris when she came at her about her record in California. And, you know, the senator, it seemed rattled uh, when Tulsi went after her. So everyone's saying that she's going to, you know, pounce on uh, Mike Pence. But uh, people need to be careful because we did see her get rattled when the lady in white came after her during one of the debates. What say you about the ticket and if you want to respond to what I just said? Okay, let me start by saying um, Kamala Harris was not my choice. I thought that she would have made a attorney general for the United States. But I'm not hmm. upset that she was chosen as long as she is, at this point in the game, an African-American. I felt like we should have had one, especially after all the gaps that he had made. My next thing is, I would like to say, and I'm going to blow y'all away, they really pulled the war over all of us, especially hmm. people who listen and read everything. And they pulled the war because... I didn't know that Joe Biden's son and and Miss Harris were very good friends. I didn't know that she was in. How's that pulling the wool over our eyes? Just just out of curiosity, okay. how's that pulling the wool over our eyes? Let me finish, and I'm gonna tell you. So okay, if okay. they were good friends, wait, Jay, if they were good friends, and Joe said she's been a part of our family and our household, don't y'all realize now that when she was saying those nasty things to him on the stage? As soon as it was over, she got on the phone and said, Joe, I'm sorry I had to do that because I had to let them know that I was a strong woman, blah, blah, blah. That was all a game. That was all a rigged game that they were, their families are very good friends and she get up there and say something nasty. No, that was 
they pulled the wool up our eyes. Did y'all know that their families were that tight, going out to dinner together? The son was in and out of Camilla's house. Y'all know how Joe feels. His son, anything Joe's son wanted him to do, Joe's son that died with cancer, he's going to try to do it to make it right, to make him feel like he's doing something that his son wanted him to do. That's the reason why he said, my son would be very pleased at the decision that I have made. So to me, let me take it back. They might not pull the wool over y'all eyes, but they pulled the wool over my eyes because I had no idea that they were very good friends. No idea. And when they said that, I said, oh, when she said something nasty to him, all she did was get on the phone and call him and say, Joe, I had to do that. Don't take it personal. That's exactly what that was. Oh. And that piece of paper that was in the hand that I kept saying that they, you, somebody said it wasn't a mistake. Y'all were right. It wasn't a mistake. But I was right also because they wanted to know what other people thought about Sister Harris, Camilla Harris, I'm sorry, being nominated as Vice President of the United States. He, I think if that's what he wanted, if he has a good relationship with her, their families get along like Obama's family and his family, and that's who he wanted, then hey, go for it, because I'm going to have a t-shirt made that says Biden-Harris on the front, and on the back, I'm going to put nasty woman. I'm going to have that shirt made. Well, yeah, I think uh, well, real, well, I, you know, going back, I, I don't think they're they weren't. Uh, I don't think they were like chummy chums. I mean, you know, Bo and uh, Carmela, uh, Carmela uh, worked together uh, on some a lot of important legislation for their, you know, for their prospective states. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I, that's why everybody was so upset, and that's why Joe Biden was taken back by, and that's why Jill Biden. I think that's the person that they had to convince John. The fact that because Jill Biden came out on a, on a, on a uh, news show, I think shortly thereafter, and kind of said, "Hey, you know, I, I don't forget stuff. <laughs> you know, I can't believe that you came after my husband like that. After you know, you said all these wonderful things. We even highlighted that uh, during that period. We even highlighted that during our show, during the segment of our show, some of the nice things that Carmela had said about him." Uh, then all of a sudden she came after him, and that's why a lot of us were so infuriated when she did so. To. There was another point that I wanted to add, but I can't think of it right now. But Johnny D, real quick, uh, your comments on this? What do you think about the pick? What, what do you think about the pick? Do you think it's going to be a strong ticket? And you know, just adding anything else you like? Well, I, I will say this right here: I am Team Biden and Harris. Uh, I, I think that it was well stated uh, early on in, in, in the process uh, where Senator Harris had indicated that her work as a district attorney, that she and um, Joe Biden's son, Bo Biden, had worked together and had become quite acquainted. Um, she had said that early, so uh, yeah, that didn't that. catch me off guard. Um, as far as the Tulsi Gabbard, uh, like I say, she was totally caught off guard and I think she just simply got caught up in the headlines of you know having a a great uh first um debate performance and perhaps underscored uh, this young lady uh, and like I say your record is your record and and what I what I really hope is that you know this support continues uh, I've been reading some articles that have been uh somewhat of a, of, of a concern where uh, supposedly members of the Black Life Matters movement 
is is not as um, supportive of of Miss Harris uh, because of her work of being a prosecutor. And that's you really you read that somewhere? That, you know, I, I haven't heard that yet. You read I, that I, somewhere? I did. I, I did. Uh, wow. yeah. If you go to, uh, I, I, I read these um, these Vice articles, and like I said, that's one of my favorite yeah. channels, to be quite honest with you. And and they had an article in there, and, and typically they they give a raw, un, un, uncut version. I I always say that that that's the less version. Of, of the news because uh, let's give it to you raw. So, yeah. But uh, they they had mentioned that, and, and you know really as 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 a community, you know as as the African American community, you know over the last yep. uh, several years we have kind of villainized um, prosecutors and law enforcement, and you know I, I think that was probably indicative of the endorsement that New York uh, Police Department gave uh, Trump. So. As far as her credentials, uh, I, I certainly feel that, that she is one who has been in the political realm and has kind of fell into her own. I think as, as, as the shows went on, certainly uh, she was not my choice, but she's my choice now. So there's no split in regards to, to my support. Uh, the fundraising is, is, is certainly proven fruitful. I mean, $48 million, and I'm telling you, she has certainly energized uh, African American females, and, and you know, I, I I really and truly believe that uh, the more that this goes on, this ticket, and they look good together, they really do. I just hope that Joe Biden can keep his hands off her back. But you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is they they really look good. I mean, did did, did y'all see that? I was like, wow, don't do that one, guy. But uh, like I said, they, they look good together, and I think that she's going to be a good balance. And I, again, this really is about America. I mean, if you are a person who say that you are America, American and you proud to be an American or you live in America, then we have got to get rid of this criminal because the reality of it is that this is the most corrupt regime in American history. Richard Nixon and George Bush are certainly you know, proud of the fact that this guy came along. And like I said, Dan Quayle has to be proud of the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Mike Pence came along because otherwise they would have gone down in her history as the most corrupt president, the most unintelligent president, and the most unintelligent, <laughs> uninspiring vice president until this group right here. So, hey, November the 3rd can't get here quick enough. I just pray that we balance everything out prior to that right there. But like I say, I'm I'm, I'm team Biden and Harris. Yeah, team Biden and Harris. All right, let's get out to the phone lines, 347-850-1270. You've heard this voice before, a familiar person around here. These parts of serious side, the one and only Steve's in the house. Good morning, Steve. Welcome into the show, man. What's your comment? Uh, good morning, everybody. I tell you, uh, yeah, I was surprised by Kamala Harris as well. But uh, really? if Why? Trump wins, that was a great uh, question, Jay. If Trump wins, that, that's a great question. But you know what? I'm proud. I'm proud of America. You guys are pushing back on the vaccine. I'm very proud of you guys. Every, almost every family member I know is they're telling me they're not getting vaccinated. So I'm, I'm proud of America. But if 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 Trump wins, and Every every election they do this, they're like, oh my goodness, you know, it's the end of the world. But 
We still have the CIA in power. We still have Wall Street in power. You remember Occupy Wall Street from nine years ago. That was a very important movement. They have a real power. It's front winds, war with Iran, possibly a civil war. The riots might have been the beginning of a possible civil war. Uh, getting rid of the police force, replacing them with the United Nations police. You can expect more shootings. And you, you, and you saw all over media the black man that shot that little white boy. The thing is, folks, they always do that. You know, with Michael Bell or, you know, the Dallas bombing, black men are just going crazy. Like, no, folks, some of these people are just straight up under mind control. And that's what you have to understand. That's we, we might be able to expect more George Floyd situations, more rioting and, and, and civil unrest. And, and, and if the United Nations comes in as a police force over this country, then it, it, it all goes south there. But um, elections do have consequences. But just keep in mind the real powers that be out there, like the Saudi royal family owns Citibank, your, 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 your Buckingham Palace royal family in, in the United Kingdom, the, the, the Roman Catholic Church, the, the, the Jewish groups, the real powers that be out here that's pushing this COVID-19 when the holistic doctors... And I kicked myself a mission last week's show. Uh, the holistic doctors said for a long time that the germ theory is a theory. That's why they call it the germ theory. And that airborne viruses don't exist. But they don't have the media power that the American Medical Association has, that the CDC has. They talked about this for a long time. But there's no need for flu shots, no need for vaccines. The airborne viruses don't exist, but nobody understands that knowledge and it it took it takes a lot of research to find that knowledge and yeah. chiropractors are doing great work across the country but if you guys keep staying at that COVID-19 altar mandated vaccines are coming but if you guys Sorry. get off Sorry, that Steve. altar then we can get rid of it but I'm proud of America for resisting the vaccine okay. I'm proud of you guys all right, Steve. Well, listen, man, as always, uh, look, we appreciate hearing from you, man. And, uh, you know, as always, Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steve you talked Jay. about a segment that's coming up in the third segment. So we'll we'll talk about that next. All right, 347-850-1272. Who is that? Who's that? Yeah, this is, this is, this is me. Uh, yeah. now, now, typically I don't do this, but... Hold on, Johnny. We, we gotta. We, we're, we're up against time, but let's take a break. Okay, I want to okay, get your comments okay, on the other side. Okay. Take, we'll take a break. The smartest okay. man in the world is in the house as well. So we'll introduce Jerome. Uh, we'll get Johnny D's retort to that because I know it, it. Yeah, I'm starting to see some stuff come across the feed as well. So anyway, all right, folks. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the bottom of the hour. It's time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less. Something that you need to know. In this past week, Michael Cohn's book Disloyal. The foreword was released, and I'm here to tell you, out of all the books that have been printed about Donald Trump, this is the one that I want to read. And I'm not a book reader, by, by the way. I mean, I'll read a book every now and then. But all these books that came out, Fire and Fury, and, you know, even Donald Trump's niece, her book was something that people said, okay, this is the one. No, this is the one for me. So in this week's edition of Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, Rachel Maddow read portions of the foreword and we're going to play that for you right now all right johnny d my main man jerome on the other side you're listening to the serious side of the jay rouse show the president of the united states wanted me dead 
Or let me say it the way Donald Trump would. He wouldn't mind if I was dead. That was how Trump talked, like a mob boss, using language carefully calibrated to convey his desires and demands, while at the same time employing deliberate indirection to insulate himself. Driving south from New York City to Washington, D.C. on I-95 on the cold, gray winter morning of February 24th, 2019, en route to testify against President Trump before both houses of Congress, I knew he wanted me gone before I could tell the nation what I know about him. Not the billionaire celebrity savior of the country or the lying lunatic, not the tabloid tycoon or self-anointed chosen one, not the avatar at real Donald Trump of Twitter fame, but the real, real Donald Trump, the man very, very, very few people know. If that sounds overly dramatic, consider the powers Trump possessed and imagine how you might feel if he threatened you personally. Heading south that day, I wondered if my prospects for survival were also going in that direction. I was acutely aware of the magnitude of Trump's fury aimed directly at my alleged betrayal. I was wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses, and I kept the speedometer at 80, avoiding the glances of other drivers. Trump's theory of life, business, and politics revolves around threats and the prospect of destruction, financial, electoral, personal, physical, as a weapon. I knew how he worked because I had frequently been the one screaming threats on his behalf as Trump's fixer and designated thug. Ever since I'd flipped and agreed to cooperate with Robert Mueller in the special counsel's office, the death threats had come by the hundreds, on my cell phone, by email, snail mail, and tweets on Facebook, enraged Trump supporters vowing to kill me. And I took those threats very seriously. The president called me a rat and tweeted angry accusations at me as well as my family. All rats deserve to die, I was told. I was a low-life Judas they were going to hunt down. I was driving because I couldn't fly or take the train to Washington. If I had, I was sure I'd be mobbed or attacked. For weeks, walking the streets of Manhattan, I was convinced somebody was going to ram me with their car. I was exactly the person Trump was talking about when he said he could shoot and kill someone on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. My mind was spinning as I sped toward D.C. For more than a decade, I'd been at the center of Trump's innermost circle. When he came to my son's bar mitzvah, a generous gesture that I found touching, he told my then 13-year-old boy that his dad was the greatest and that if he wanted to work at the Trump Organization when he grew up, there would always be a position for him. Your family, Trump said to my son. And I effing believed him. Sitting in the green room on the morning of my testimony before the House Oversight Committee, I began to feel the enormous weight of what was about to happen. For some reason, after all that I'd been through and all that I'd put my family and the country through, waiting in that room was the moment when the gravity of what was about to happen truly hit home. The United States was being torn apart, its political and cultural and mental well-being threatened by a clear and present danger named Donald Trump. And I had played a central role in creating this new reality. To half of Americans, it seemed like Trump was effectively a Russian-controlled fraud who had lied and cheated his way into the White House. To the other half of Americans, to Trump's supporters, the entire Russia scandal was a witch hunt invented by Democrats, still unable to accept the fact that Hillary Clinton had lost fair and square in the most surprising upset in the history of American presidential elections. Both sides were wrong. I knew that the reality was much more complicated and dangerous. Trump had colluded with the Russians but not in the sophisticated ways imagined by his detractors. I also knew that the Mueller investigation was not a witch hunt. Trump had cheated in the election with Russian connivance, as you will discover in these pages. Because doing anything, and I mean anything, to win has always been his business model and his way of life. 
Trump had also continued to pursue a major real estate deal in Moscow during the campaign. He attempted to insinuate himself into the world of President Vladimir Putin and his coterie of corrupt billionaire oligarchs. I know because I personally ran that deal and kept Trump and his children closely informed of all updates, even as the candidate blatantly lied to the American people, saying, there's no Russian collusion, I have no dealings with Russia. The one thing I can say with absolute certainty is that whatever you may have heard or thought about me, you don't know me or my story or the Donald Trump that I know. For more than a decade, I was Trump's first call every morning and his last call every night. I was in and out of Trump's office on the 26th floor of the Trump Tower as many as 50 times a day, tending to his every demand. Our cell phones had the same address books, our contacts so entwined, overlapping, and intimate that part of my job was to deal with the endless queries and requests, however large or small, from Trump's rich and famous acquaintances. I called any and all of the people he spoke to, most often on his behalf as his attorney and emissary, and everyone knew that when I spoke to them, it was as good as if they were talking directly to Trump. Apart from his wife and children, I knew Trump better than anybody else did. In some ways, I knew him better even than his family did because I bore witness to the real man in strip clubs, shady business meetings, and in the unguarded moments when he revealed who he really was, a cheat, a liar, a fraud, a bully, a racist, a predator, a con man. Seven eight five zero one two seven two is the calling number. Welcome back in. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best 37 minutes after the hour. And as promised before the break, give Johnny D a few minutes to respond to uh, whatever uh, bothered him on that last call. And uh, like I said, the smartest man in the world is in the house as well. All right, uh, Johnny, man, real quick, man, what, you had to retort to something. What's going on? Well, it was two things, but uh, certainly I, I want to make sure that uh, that Mr. Steve was not uh, trying to 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 validate or or minimize the the fact that uh, this five year old child was was shot by an adult male. I, I don't think that's what he was trying to do, but uh, if he did, that was a a, a tragedy, and uh, certainly that happened in. in at my home state, uh, and and like I said, there, there's no there's no symbolism or association with, with 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 black males on that. And you know, I don't know. But like I said, the propaganda sometimes is too much. Uh, I don't know where all these Trump supporters come from that he's talked about in the past, and I certainly don't know where America has rejected the idea of, of vaccinations. I think it was still one in every four. So uh, yep. again, just just saying stuff like that uh, sometimes is 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 a little bit too much for me to stomach. But I, like I said, I do apologize because most of the time I, I won't do that, and uh, I pray no, I don't have to do that again. No, no, you you're doing the right. No, you're doing the right thing, man. I think that people need to understand that uh, all types of opinions are flying out there. And I think one of the reasons why this show gains the popularity and the people who listen, because they know we're going to battle it out. 
I mean, you know, Steve was a member of this show for a long time, and we used to have some knock-down, drag-out arguments with him. And people used to say, look, I'm glad that he's saying that nonsense, and I'm glad that people are coming out and rebuting that nonsense. And so, you know, it is what it is. There's so many different people out there in the world. But, hey, listen, step up, say what you got to say. And that's what this show is all about. Now, uh, that's the educated brother. That the smartest man in the world has just made his appearance in the house as well. The one and only Mr. Jerome is free, man. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? How you feeling this Sunday morning? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's good to hear your voice. Always uh, a pleasure to have you amongst family and friends. Always good to hear from you. All right. Uh, it's time to get to our second topic of the morning. Here it is. Good morning, my brother. Good morning. They can be forged. They can be captured. They can be taken. President Trump continues to make unfounded claims about mail-in voting. In an interview Thursday, he admitted the Postal Service needs more money to handle ballots in November, but he doesn't necessarily want to provide it. Now, they need that money in order to have the Post Office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. If we don't make a deal, that means they don't get the money. But then at the White House, the president said he won't veto a stimulus bill just because it has funding for the Post Office, but that the Democrats are asking for too much. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi questions whether the White House really wants to make a deal. Perhaps you mistook them for somebody who gave a damn. That isn't the case. Democrats are also questioning the motives of the new Postmaster General, Louis DeJoy. DeJoy is a major Republican donor who has given more than $1 million to the Trump Victory Fund. When I see problems, I work to solve them. CBS News has learned that after he took over the Postal Service in June, he implemented cost-cutting measures that have led to delays in mail delivery. This internal Postal Service directive obtained by CBS News details an operational pivot in which we may see mail left behind or mail on the workroom floor or docks, which is not typical. DeJoy declined our request for an interview, but in a statement said, despite any assertions to the contrary, we are not slowing down election mail or any other mail. Now, in recent elections with a lot of mail-in ballots, there have been some delays in vote counting, but no evidence of fraud. Despite his continued attacks on mail-in voting, records show that the president and the first lady just requested mail-in ballots for Florida's upcoming primary election. You know, I, I tell you, um, it's amazing to me that this guy continues. You know, when you say every day, it's like he does something that amazes you. It's like, I can't believe this. I, what I can't believe, Vanessa, is here's a man that is telling you exactly why he's doing what he's doing. When he fired James Comey, he said, well, I fired him because of the, the Russia uh, investigation. He went on to get impeached, and they acquitted him. Now he's saying, look, guess what? Not going to fund them because, you know, the reason why they want the money is because they want to be ready for the election. If they don't have the money to be ready for the election, then guess what? They can't do mail-in ballots. And keep in mind the the hypocrisy behind that because just like the guy said at the end of that piece, him and his wife requested absentee balloting and votes and ballots for Florida. But let's let's start the conversation with you. This said, how do we? You know, I guess this is a rhetorical question. I don't know. Maybe it's even a stupid question. How do we fight this? I mean, why do you think these people are turning a blind eye 
to the nonsense that this president does. And let me add this little tidbit to it as well, because I can understand, even though I can't understand, but if I'm looking at it through their lens, I can understand them maybe kissing his ass because he was very popular. But his polling numbers are plummeting. Is it because he's still popular amongst Republicans? I don't get it. I don't get it, Vanessa. Help me out with this. Okay. First, let me go to your first question. You know, how do we do this and what do we do to stop it? Guess what? Prayer changes everything. We start by praying. We start by asking God to do this and fix this because we can't. Me, Jay, Liz, Jerome, Johnny D, Miss Catherine, we can't fix this by ourselves. We can help, but we got to take this to the Lord because nothing happens without him letting it happen. And God let this happen, just like the George Floyd, where everybody could see it because we were at home, you know, in the house looking at TV. So he is letting everybody see what's going on with Trump. And his people are, because God wants things to happen now, Jay, so that we can get closer to him, okay? This is one of them. Mm. This racism with Trump is one of the things that God wants us to come to him about. The next thing is, is that people want to back him because they don't want to look stupid. Republicans are going to always back him. The next thing is, those people want to keep their jobs. They want to keep their lifestyle. They know that when Trump comes out, they're coming out too. They're coming out. They're going to get rid of every single last one of them. So they want their lifestyle to keep going. So that's the reason why they're lying. They're backing him. But so, Jay, it's just nothing. Yeah, please. Hey, there's nothing we can do about this. But enlighten people like we're doing, and Johnny D always says that we're doing, and for me in my house, we're just going to keep praying. Hmm. Wow, the power of prayer. You know, that's a beautiful thing, especially on a Sunday morning, Jerome. The power of prayer. God gives us free will to do what we need to do. Um, and sometimes people talk about why God allows certain things to happen. Uh, but, you know, we all have free will. And to me, that's just collateral damage as far as here. traveling. Tra- tra- traveling this, yeah, this thing that we call traveling down this road that we call life. But, Jerome, let me... Um, you know, Vanessa said something in her response, uh, the fact that they want to continue to live their lifestyles, Jerome. But, you know, look, man, this is what you do, right? I mean, the bottom line is, how politically – is this politically smart, man, for them to continue to turn a blind eye? This, dude, this guy just came out and said, look, we're not going to give them the money because we don't want them to be able to, to, be able to accommodate our fundamental right to vote. And yet still, not one Republican. I think there is one. There are a few. You know, Susan Collins is feeling the heat, so she came out and said something. But come on, we all know what she's all about. She's trying to save her neck. This is a person who's voted 67% of the time with Trump on a lot of different things. So get her out of there. Folks, don't believe that nonsense. But Jerome, man, that's a political strategist, man. How much, why does this make sense to Republicans to continue to support this fool? Um, all right, so um, to start with, I, I want to say that, um, you know, this is kind of, you know, after a while, kind of, um, I kind of level out, and I'm kind of leveling out on the conversation because 
we we normally try to have really decent, um, rational conversations about things that are not decent and are not rational, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just so that everybody who's, you know, listening to this show are watching stuff on TV, watching people put things in context like there is uh, intellectual conversation to be had and there isn't. There's a reason why people should be on the streets doing exactly what they're doing. If you don't have the energy to do it, that that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, there's many um, levels to um, or, or different areas that you can actually participate in changing things. But white supremacy has has taken hold a foothold in this piece, and even looking at the white folks who are standing up, you know. Seeing, you know, my neighbors, some of my neighbors who are white, have Black Lives Matter stuff in front of their house where the black people won't because black people know you don't identify your house like that. White folks, it's their fight that they're doing against their own soul, right? And we need to stop interacting with them like this is a rational conversation, right? We know that out of, I think it's 300. For 400 million votes, we have um, about .00 something fraud in the voting system out of 400 million votes. That was a conservative um, organization who did that study because they were trying to prove that there was voter fraud. And they can't prove any. But we get to sit here and watch them take post offices or just post office box. What neighborhoods do you think they're taking a post office box from? Why do you why do you mm. think it's more efficient to take out sorting machines out of post office? Right, that's not even a rational conversation. It's obvious. So stop, you know. So so when we start talking about that, it's in in you know earlier in talking about um, Kamala Harris and talking about that whole thing, it's the same thing. We are having rational conversations about stuff that we know is racist. Right, we know that bringing up where she was born and if she's black enough or not, this that's old. Get over it. We need to move on and say, while we are pushing ahead by making change in this country, just keep going because racist people are going to stop you and they're pulling out all stops. So with this post office stuff, they're pulling out all stops. With this whole thing about demonizing police and all of that stuff, that is bull. We didn't demonize them to shoot us. We didn't demonize the fact that DAs are prosecuting innocent people, and they know it, right? As a strategist, I was asked that before. The issue is is that the way the DA's office works is that if they can prove you guilty, they're worried about their winning percentage. That it's not their interest to see that you are innocent, so I'm going to let you go. You can't look at a system as being fair when you know that they're on offense. You cannot, you cannot let your defenses down because you're wishing that they did better. So we need to stay focused, and we need to look at this thing exactly how it is, opposed to going back into our default of wishing that the place was better than it actually is. It's not. So when you see a detour and the bridge is out, you don't drive over it saying, well, I hope that it's not all the way out. There may be a corner I can hold on to. You don't do that. So we need to actually look at this thing and deal with it. Um, for people who know that they're taking these post office boxes out of their community, drop them off, like they said, in white neighborhoods, or just drop them off in the Board of Elections. 
they're just trying to disenfranchise you in voting. It's not going to happen. But I mailed a letter um, last week. One was local. One was in another state. Do you know the other one? In a, the one that went to another state got there faster, and it took them extra five days, and it was a local letter that I sent. So I'm telling you that we need to understand what is going on and just be able to maneuver and, and move around it. Drop your voting, your ballots off to your board of elections. There's, there's nothing um, since with COVID and you don't want to go to your polling place, it's just a drop box. Everybody has that option to go to the board of elections. Just do it early and give it to the board of elections. Well said. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Johnny D. You know, it is crazy that we have to continue to have these types of conversations about what's going on with this administration. But once again, here we are in a situation, man, where these guys are not funding the post office. Because, see, this is the reason why you people that follow this man need to, need to understand one thing. He, he doesn't have the capacity, the mental capacity to understand what type of impact by some of his actions are doing to the general public. Medications, money, food, all these different things the post office is responsible for. And the thing that I don't get, Johnny, is the fact that people who – you know, that are supposed to be his constituents, they support this guy when he is kicking them in the behind. You know, he's kicking them in the behind, behind their back, but yet and still they continue to support this man. Let's see you. Well, it clearly it's obvious um, what he's doing, and I think the appointment by to, of the postmaster back in June, he was setting the course to not only go ahead and, and, and set the message or send a message to, to his followers, but to to simply de- devalidate the election and the electoral process. Uh, there is a slight, slight distinction between absentee balloting and mailing. Uh, I, I did some reading on it, not a whole lot, but uh, it, it's enough to where he, he can set back and be supported in argument in regards to absentee balloting versus mail-in. Um, uh, there's at least nine states who mail mail-in ballots to everybody, and of course, there there are some that get misplaced. But anytime you have a system as, as widespread as that, then there there is always that potential that that will happen. Now, of course, this year with the pandemic uh, being uh, the way that it is, and Clearly, the amount of, of of affections going up. I think yesterday, uh, worldwide, it was some 390 some thousand people worldwide who contracted the virus on yesterday. So the numbers are not in favor. And by November, coupled with this year's flu season, they're projecting that it's going to be one of the worst in history. So there's going to be people who are going to opt to, to, to do mail-in. And, of course, that's where the discouragement is. But we all know that the Republican Party, what the game plan is, is to have to reduce uh, the participation in the voting process because it fares better for Republicans. But, I mean, just, just look at some of the things that this guy is doing. You know, they're going to 
take mail sorting machines in 13 of the western states. Uh, some of them would have been Republican strongholds, but when you start talking about Washington State and Oregon and, and California and those states right there, which are typically uh, going to be blue states or Democratic states, that's going to cause some disruption. We know that. And, you know, just the mere fact that um, he's that blatant with it uh, is, is just remarkable. You know, at, at work, we've got a couple of folks who are continuously serving overseas uh, and they're out on military leave and we were we were assembling some some packets and and my assistant was like you know what we, we may as well go ahead and put that in the mail now because with things that being the way that it is you know she may not get it until November or December now hmm. imagine the military folks that's overseas whose mail is going to be interrupted, uh, the veterans as far as, you know, their, their paychecks, their medications and stuff. So the same people who he says he's for are the people who he's, he's destroying every day for one, for one thing, to defraud America of their right to vote. And so he can attempt to steal the election by minimizing the number of people who can vote. Now, the message that he's sending is already resonating with some where he's saying that the election is going to be rigged. Well, he said that in 2016, and clearly the election was rigged. It just so happened that it, it was in his favor. And now he's already setting the stage because he understands that the numbers aren't there. He understands that the support isn't there. But the blatantness in which he does it is just absolutely amazing. And um, I'm going to throw something out there, and then I'm going I'm to I'm cut it short because I really haven't done a, a great deal of of, of research on it, but I was looking at uh, Ted Koppel this morning, and he was talking about the the these peds. So when when and they was leading up, basically talking about Trump saying, "Well, I got powers that nobody you know knows about, and you know these these uh, I got more power than what people think about." Well, apparently there's some presidential emergency action documents that gives him certain authorities, uh, and no one talks about it. Uh, they had Gary Hart on there. And Gary Hart was talking about he had been in intelligence for 50-some years, and they do exist, but uh, it's almost like this mafiosa type of uh, code of conduct. But this is what apparently he's referencing is the fact that uh, whatever is in these presidential emergency action documents, he can employ at any given time. And, I, I, you know, they, they, they even indicated that, that it could impact the transition of power as well. So we'll see how these elections play itself out, but this blatant just disregard for the for, for the rule of law and and you know constitutional principles and, and trying to deny people the right to vote is and suppress the vote is just amazing to me. And there's no one in, 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 in his party other than a Mitt Romney who's even forthright enough to come out and say, you know what, this guy is really out of control. You know what what does the Senate do? They go home just so they don't have to deal with it. And it's sad, but you know what? That's the time that we're living in, and let's just make sure that we get out the vote, help those who, who, who are going to be unable to vote, uh, get to the polls and things. Uh, my, my, my pastor and I was talking uh, yesterday about, you know, things that we can do as, as a church body to make sure that our, that our elders that's in the church that, that may not have, you know, good health, that don't want to get out there and expose themselves, what is it that we can do to make sure that their votes count? Where in this state, you know, a mail-in vote, they have to do it in person. 
So it's not like they can drop it off anything. They, they, you know, they can put it. They, they've got to take it to the post uh, master in order to do that right there. So, you know, again, we just got to be creative in how we do that. So, definitely. Yep. Absolutely. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mister Elias, man. Um, you know, once again, you talked about this. This is one of your topics that you brought up last week. So I know this is important to you, man. Close this out, man, on uh, this whole topic dealing with the post office and how this guy continues to blatantly uh, just <laughs> break the law in some cases, uh, and people don't do anything about it. They don't seem to care. He's the president. He can do whatever well, he wants to. Well, Jay, you know what, man? You, you, you deal with specifics. Um, like I, I, I'm looking in the chat room with Easy, and Easy's like mailing ballots, mailing ballots. Well, why wouldn't Trump go out? Why wouldn't he go out and vote? Why didn't he go out and vote in, in person? Why? I don't know. Why? Why is he mailing in his ballot? This dude, at all points and all times, will tell you. It's like a parent says, "Do as I say, do as I say, not as I do." If he's sending his son back to school, no, he's not. He's not sending his son back to school, but he wants to send your children back to school. This cat is not, he's not going to, the last election he voted, he voted by mail. And he's throwing down the, the, the senior's medicine that is, for those who don't know, medicine can come by mail. And then for those who need their medicine by mail, he's throwing that down. He's throwing down checks. He's doing everything he can to win. And, and you got idiots like Easy in here talking about he wants to debate me. I, you're not even on my level to debate me, man, because you, you drinking the Kool-Aid, man. I would debate you no problem and tear your ass up because you say some of the dumbest stuff I've ever heard about Trump. Like he's talking about Hunter Biden and all this other stuff. And you got Ivanka and Jared Kushner and the rest of these clowns making millions and millions of dollars off of their father being in office. But yet and still you want to turn the blind eye to that one. But you want to talk about a man's, man's demise on drugs. But you're not going to talk about what the millions and millions of dollars that all of his family is making off the, the, the off that he's saying. And if that's all you got, well, whatever. Come on, stop it. Now, you're, you're an idiot, you're an imbecile. Um, <laughs> but let's get back on topic. Let's get back on topic. This, this, um, that's how you really feel, but still, yes, Jesus Christ. He is, he's an imbecile. He's an imbecile. He's an imbecile that will not, he, he has never said nothing bad about Trump, about this racist, <laughs> as, as, uh, as a Kavina man causing the racist in charge. But look, man, the the guy is 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 unbelievable when he's he's stopping everything to to win an election because he doesn't because he knows damn well after he wins after he loses the election if he don't hop on the plane like Jerome and and, and Vanessa said to go to Russia, hey man, he's gonna get charged with some stuff, man. He knows if he loses this election, they're gonna charge his ass, and that's that's just the bottom line. That is it. So he's doing everything he can to stay in office. That way, he'll beat the statute of limitations, and he won't have to go to jail for all the crimes that he's committed. There you go. Uh, he's going to jail, according to Mr. Elias. And uh, a lot of people are saying that's one of the reasons why he is actually fighting as hard as he's fighting, because they know that uh, if he survives or gets a second term, then more than likely uh, the statute of limitations run out. He'll be able to walk uh, and don't have to worry about a lot of this stuff. Boy, I tell you what. All right, coming up next, going to continue the conversation. Uh, what if we're going to play the what if game, a game that originated on the Jay Rowell show? What if. Donald Trump wins the 2020 election. Can't wait to hear the responses. Listen to the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
We will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them. They've slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. Those who are lost now, their legacy must be our lives. thousands and thousands of heavily armed soldiers. We dominate the streets. I won't traffic in fear and division. I won't fan the flames of hate. It's time to pick up our heads. Remember who we are. This is the United States of America.
and uh, they give us their answers. It's that time to receive their answers. They have 90 seconds. The clock is on now. Vanessa, does he have to pick a black woman to be his VP? He does now since he put his foot in his mouth last week again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hi, 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 hi. Sorry to keep you. That's all right. You ready to go to work? Oh my God, I'm so ready to go to work. First of all, is the answer yes? The answer is absolutely <laughs> yes, too. And I'm ready to work. I'm ready to do this with you for you. I, I just, I'm just. A fight over post office funding with potential implications for the election is interfering with congressional talks to renew coronavirus aid. President Trump rejects the Democrats' demand for $25 billion in emergency funding for the U.S. Postal Service, plus another $3.6 billion to help states process mail-in ballots in November. 347-850-1272 is the call-in number, just in case you're just tuning in. Those are the topics that you've missed so far, but don't worry. You have plenty of show left to participate in the conversation. Just head to our world-famous chat room. You can call that number, or you can hang out on social media sites that we monitor throughout the course of the show. And if your comments are respectful, we will read them live on the air. If you listen to this show, you know what time it is. It is time to say good morning again to our beautiful colleagues and panelists in the house. Let's start with Miss Vanessa May Bell from the McAnell. Vanessa, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jerome. You know, it sounds like this uh, skit that used to be on uh, the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. You've been listening to Tom Jordan's show back in the day. You know who that was. <laughs> Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Blessed and glad to be here and be a part of the show. So thank you. Thank you, sir. And the man who gets the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Johnny. Good morning, Nessa. All right, uh, Mr. Elias, man, can we say hello to some people in the chat, if you don't mind? Yes, we have uh, our very own Rich Sisters in there, and hey, uh, Covina Man was in there. And, of course, you know, they got easy, easy break his ass in there. And also, yeah. Mary in the Music, that was Anthony A.K. King, Talk to God. Is the name of that song? Talk to God. Nice tune. Nice tune. All right. Once again, the number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We appreciate you hanging with us on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Hopefully, uh, everything is good in your neck of the woods. Uh, thoughts and prayers to people who are suffering from wildfires on the West Coast. Uh, thoughts and prayers for those people who were affected by some of the bad weather that went through the nation here uh, earlier in the week. It's just uh, well, actually last week because this is the first day of the week. Uh, but we want people to be safe and sound, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to this show because it's not easy to get here. If you're listening on these websites, uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing. I try to get to as many as I can. There are three that I, well, there are actually four that I actually monitor throughout the course of the show, but I was made aware of that there was another one out there that I need to check into, so I'll try to get that one on as well, but it's just a lot going on during the course of the show, and uh, and contrary to popular belief, we don't have a host or a room full of engineers running the thing. We're just trying to make it happen with what we have. 
All right, without any further ado, it's time to get into the third and final topic of the morning. We are going to make this decision now. The Fox News decision desk has called Pennsylvania for Donald Trump. This means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States, winning the most unreal, surreal (laughs) election we have ever seen. All right, a show of hands of people who will go absolutely ballistic if they turn on their television on November 3rd and hear that response. That's right. We're playing the what-if game. This is a relic from back in the day to Jay Riles' show. The what-if game was a fun game we used to play. I'm going to even try to find the theme music for it back in the day. It was, just a beauty, it was a fun show. You need to go back and listen to some of those episodes. If you are doom and gloom, you will laugh your tissue off. But we're going to adapt it for the serious side this morning, and we're going to play the what-if game. And I'm going to start with you, Johnny D. Man, what if, you know, you wake up November 4th or even November 3rd and you turn the television on and all of a sudden you hear Donald Trump is one, has won re-election for president of the United States. What would be the first thing that will come out of your mouth, the first thought that would enter your brain, and more importantly, what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, unfortunately, I can't say that that won't happen. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I wish for certain that uh, I did not feel that the that the, the fickleness of, of the American public, but more than anything, you know, this guy's ability to influence um, elections in the past certainly make it viable that he may uh, do so this time. But but if if by chance that that would happen. Um, well, I can't say that I would arm myself anymore, for sure, but the reality of it is, is that it would just be something that, that we would have to prepare ourselves for. See, see the, the, the great thing about, uh, you know, our community is, is our ability to have resolve and resilience. So it's not going to make or break me, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, that would probably strengthen my will to make sure that I was not only mentally, physically, but more than anything, spiritually prepared to deal with with America, its arrogance, its instability. But I would really be saddened, and uh, I, I would have to to continuously pray for those individuals who are going to suffer under this ty- this, this this tyranny. And once again, for another four years, there would be no president in, in, in this country in my eyes. Uh, from a standpoint of national defense, I think that we would be, you know, weakened even more. You know, this, 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 this nation can't stand another four years of, of this tyrant, this criminal, uh, this reprobate. Um, and, and, and I just pray that the nightmare is over with. But if by chance... On November the 4th, uh, his name is called, and you know what? I would just simply have to show the resolve and prepare myself to keep living and keep doing whatever I can do to, to make the lives of my family, my community, and a broader sense, those individuals that I come in contact with uh, less impactful for what he does. Wow. Listen to that. All right, now it's time to go talk to Luther. Luther, what would you say do... And act if you get the word that uh, <laughs> that Donald Trump won the presidency. Luther, what say you? Luther, 
Luther. Oh, 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 I didn't know you were talking about you. Know, that's, that's, that ain't my name, but anyway. Come on now, you don't understand. You, you didn't follow that. Luther, Luther was the, the uh, alter ego of President Obama. He was the mayor of President yeah. Obama. Yeah, I got you. Um, okay. Look, man. Um, it depends on a lot of things, man. Like what happens in the, wow. the, 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 the Senate, the Senate race and the Congress race. You know no, what I'm no, saying? No, 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 no. The question was, what's the first thing and, that and you will say? That. Huh? It, it, it depends on that. If, if, if they lose power wow. in the Senate and the, and the Congress, I say his ass is gone. That's the first thing going to be out of my mouth. Because the, the minute he messes up, they're going to impeach his ass. And then Mike Pence is going to get impeached too. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the first thing I want to see. The Senate and the country, that's what I want to see. To be honest. Because without them, if you, if you really realize, our, our country has stalled because of the Senate. Our country is in a, in a stalemate and a stall because of this economy. Now, tell me it isn't. Now, if they lose that power there and that Senate, then he he's, he's gone. You can bet you can bet your bottom dollar if he messes up, they're gonna get his ass about all. Well, you play all the games you but want. But Mr. Elias, if he wins at the top of the ticket, I mean, do you think they're gonna actually lose the, the Senate? The and huh? Yeah, I, I think he can. I, that can happen, Jay. It can happen. Tell me, it can't happen. Because it don't take that much to take over the Senate right now. If we keep what we got in this five, I think it's five Senate seats, they take control of the wow. Senate and the Congress. That's, wow. that's, my, that's my thought process. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and let them, okay. Let so so you're saying that you're okay. It, you know, hey, as long no, as okay, you're concerned I'm about okay the Senate, you don't care about the president, I, basically. I'm not okay with it. I, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not okay with it. You asked me what I would say, and I said if I, I said if they lose the Senate and we in, and, and, the, and the Democrats control the Congress, he's gone. That's no, that's gonna be my thought process because he's not gonna be bright enough to keep his president. He's gonna do something stupid, and they're gonna bring him up on charges of all the stuff that he's done in the past. Come on, so he won't be there long. Okay, all right. Vanessa, let's say you. First thought, first thing you're going to say and do if this man wins re-election. Okay, the first thing I would say I can't say on the air because my mouth would be too out of range. So, you know, y'all just use imagination for that. Um, the next thing I would just wonder to myself because you never question God is why. But in general... Let me say this. I'm like Johnny D, and I'm like Les. Les is union. My husband is union. I'm riding on his money and his insurance and stuff. And as long as Trump don't pull Medicaid completely off the bracket, and I, I just he he can't affect me because I was already financially preparing for us not having a social security. Because they already given it. And now Trump wants to disband a lot of it and take from it. So to be quite honest, I fight for the young people. Because it's nothing, unless he messed with Medicare, that the 
orange man that sits in the White House could possibly do to just make my life unravel. I mean, you know, I can always go across the street and tell my daughter to get her house to the back of the fence. So, I mean, it's, I'm like Johnny D. It just won't. I don't care. It wouldn't affect me one way or the other unless he started messing with Social Security Medicaid. Because I don't have any children going to prison. So he can put 5,000 Republican judges up there if he wants to. I don't care. That's going to affect the people that's stupid and following him and black and white. And they're not listening to what he's doing because they're just going off of the racism. They're too busy following his racism to see what he's going to do to them financially. You got more people on food stamps that are white than they are black. I was a social worker for nine years. So, I don't care. Donald J. Trump really can't do anything to affect me because financially I was preparing for an a-hole like him. Amen. Jesus. All right, listen, here's the deal with this, and, and, and this is what I'm going to say. When we say that we don't care, that's the part that, that kind of bothers me a little bit because, you know, the bottom line is is that there were a lot of people who gave their lives and did things for the masses. You know, we, we just celebrated the and life of John Lewis. Say, they, well, let me get but, you on that because you're talking about me when I said I don't care. I don't care, Daddy, because that means that those people got out there and voted him in. That means that the people who really needed the food stamps, the Medicaid, the, the stuff for the children, the free lunches, all that, that means that they didn't go and stand in line and vote, Jay. I can't worry about people but, but who heard about themselves. But, Vanessa, so, yeah. okay, this is a guy, but, This, but this guy's in office. He lost by three million votes. So when we talk about they, they, you know, the 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 electoral college is the reason why this man is in office. It's not by, you know, I say this all the time. Anytime you take a vote in any phase in life, if you vote for the, if you vote for a new class president, what do they do? They pull out the paper. Well, back in the day they did. Nowadays it's probably electronic. Back in the day they go in there, pull out the little piece of the paper and count who got the, the most votes. I mean, that's the way it works. He's but because of the electoral college, what? He will give us a great show to have something to talk about for another four I, years. Look, you know what? Oh, let me say this. You know, I've heard people say that before too, uh, Johnny. That you know that he is he has been he he injected life into the media, that the media really didn't have a lot going on. The fact that this guy is president. Now all these newspapers are rising from the ashes, and, and now you have all these wonderful things. The news business is striving and thriving because of this guy. You know, let me tell you something, man. If it's our democracy and, you know, the, the well-being of our fellow man versus this show, I, you know, this show can go. Because what this guy is doing is generational. You know, the people that he's put on the Supreme Court, they're going to be there forever. So even if you get another president, they're going to be there forever. And I hope that, you know, Ruth Gator Ginsburg, Beta Ginsburg holds on, you know, because good God, she, you know, man, she, she's, uh, I wanted to hold on for all the yeah. obvious reasons. I wanted to be alive and be well, but my God, what happens if she passes away in the next week or so, two weeks? 
And Mitch McConnell's already said he's gonna feel he's gonna feel it. Now this yeah, is less than no uh, ninety days from an election, and he's we'll do it. We'll, we're gonna feel that. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna get, do my impression, even though I'm pretty damn good at it. But but he said they're gonna feel it, right? And so when President Obama had a year left in office, you know, this guy said, well, you know, uh, we're not going to uh, we're gonna let the people decide because we're so close to an election. I mean, this is this is this is the Looney Tunes, man, in suits. And Obama's gonna went ahead and nominated somebody to Jay. Regardless he did. Of what they said, he should. Vanessa, he did. Man, I God, would have he made did. Him go before everybody is what I'm saying. Okay, Vanessa, he can't make them do anything. See, that's the see. There you go. That's what Trump does. That's the difference between President Obama and President Trump. President President Obama followed the norms. He can't make anybody see him, make talk to his nominee, Mayor Garland. He couldn't make those people do that. They refuse to see him. Jay, all I say is Trump does not like union people or unions because he knows that they will be put in a good position. Military people are put in a pretty decent position most of them when they come out. But, all that, but that's not a newsflash. Like my daughter. You have people like my daughter, who is well-educated, did not go vote because she didn't like Hillary and she didn't like Trump. So all I am saying is these people are going to have to get out and vote. Yes, I feel sorry for them. No, I'm not being a snob. But I am saying even union people at the sound of my voice Mm -hmm. that are voting Republican, Trump doesn't want Unions. People need to go and vote. But, 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 Vanessa, that is not a newsflash. Trump don't like nobody that's not rich and Russian. And not Russian. I mean, come on, that's not a newsflash. So, so. I am saying, Jay, you said when I said I don't care, you were making a big deal. I can't care. Because they need to go vote. But, Vanessa, you. But, Vanessa. I'm going to look at that. Vote blue twenty twenty. If you don't, that's your ass. It won't be mine. I'm holding back. Yeah, well, oh, well. Trust me, it's going to have some effect on you. You may not hurt like most people, but you're going to feel some of it. And that's the problem, Johnny. People are going to feel this. Who didn't vote for this fool? Who didn't vote for this clown? Right. right. Now, people are feeling the effects of this nonsense right now. Me personally, I didn't vote for this idiot. Yeah. Well, you, you're exactly right. I mean, that, there there is absolutely no way where someone can head the ticket and 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 be the leader of the free world and and hold the greatest office in the entire world and not impact us in some way. It does. Uh, you know, I, I look at the relationships that I thought was being fostered within communities uh, in America. Certainly, uh, you know, you go back to 2008. On November the 4th with the election of the, the real president, President Obama, I, I certainly think that the, the you know, I, I was inspired that, you know what, maybe maybe my kids, maybe my grandkids will see a different day. So it is impactful. And even though I will be disappointed if, in fact, November 4th comes and, and 
this individual the morning after is is said to be the president of the United States. I will be very disappointed in the American people in the electoral process because once again it would have failed. But when it's all said and done, um, we got to move on. And and what he would want us to do is to succumb and give up and just concede. We have to continuously do the fight. We have to continuously protest. We got to continue to make our, our our quality of life better. So the reality of it is that our will has to be stronger because it's going to take a lot to make another four years under this guy. I mean, if you look at all of the relationships of our allies that he has destroyed, he has he has weakened our military. So, you know, the Republican Party can't even run on law enforcement and order anymore other than these little renegade rogue uh, groups that he's sending out to these communities, jumping on American citizens. Meanwhile, you know, um, you still got Russia who's taking over. Imagine, 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 imagine November the 4th, if he doesn't do it before the end, all of a sudden the troops are pulled from Germany, okay, which he's planning to do now. I hope that somebody or time on the clock runs out to where he has no power and authority to do that. But that's not going to make America safe. So we will all be in turmoil. And 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 I and I will I will say this here: every day draws us closer as he as he devours the relationship with our intel community and questions the intel that we 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 come every day that much closer to having an attack on the lands of North America. So the reality of it is that you're exactly right, Jay. We are all impacted. Okay, it may not be directly uh, that we can sit back and say, okay, dollars and cents. But the reality is that the morality of the country is now in question. I mean, you, it, man, you know, ethically, morally, um, it, it is, it is, it is a, a world of demagogues and despots. And I, I mean, sometimes I can't even have the words with my disgust. At the idea of that happening, but I'm also but I'm also D, you reminded. But just said it really um, wasn't going to have an effect on you. Well, I, I tell you what. Now, th- this is what I'm saying, Miss Vanessa. On a day-to-day basis, on a day-to-day basis, it will not because I prepared myself to have some degree of cushion. But overall, as a, as Americans, it, it certainly will. I mean, because our our quality of life will be impacted simply because we will be at risk for countries actually taking over America, attacking America's interests abroad and in the continental United States. I do believe that. I certainly do believe that. But on a day-to-day, will it it impact a retirement or, or anything like that? Probably, probably not, or it'll be so, so, so minute to where I'll be able to absorb it. I, but I mean, as, as an American citizen, it's going to impact us all. Another four years of this guy, the relationship the that will, will. fester. I mean, that, that impacts us. I mean, right now, when you go into a store, do you not feel tense? I know I feel tense. I'm looking at people. I got on my face mask. They look at me, and I'm sitting up there like, I wish you would say something. I mean, so those things impact me on a day-to-day basis. But as far as, like, my, my, my household, no, I'm going to prepare myself to resilience of it. So when I say that it won't impact me, I'm going to make sure that I shield those that I love from the greater impact. But, yeah, day, every day it impacts us. The gas prices, I guarantee, will go up. So at some point, economically, it will. 
So overall, there's no way that he can do another four years, and it doesn't impact us. But, I mean, the, the, the day-to-day um, impact, no, that's what we got to get in there and dig and get some of these uh, local guys and, and, and these, these local young ladies and stuff elected to office. So you have some buffing, some shield. But, yeah, another four years of this tyrant, no doubt, no doubt. This in broad picture, it's going to impact you. I agree. It will. I mean, it's uh, it's just a situation where we just can't sit back and say, well, you know, it's not going to, you know, I don't know, man. And I'm not, Vanessa, I wasn't trying to come after you about that by no stretch of the imagination. I just said that people, you know, folks who have an influence, folks who have a voice, folks who, who have prepared themselves, there are people out there who have not prepared themselves. There are people out there who are feeling the effects of this, 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 this knucklehead. And I just can't imagine what's going to happen if this guy wins another four years. I, 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 just the constitutional norms by itself. This guy is trying to shut down the U.S. Postal Service. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to this fight that he had with Jeff Bezos, thinking that the Postal Service is giving him a deal. This guy, is a, he's a freaking idiot. He don't care about none of you folks. Jay, if it doesn't benefit him, he don't give a damn. Yeah. And, and that's the part that I don't get, how these people don't understand it. He don't care about them at all. It's amazing to me. I used to always wonder, how can a man stand at a pulpit or an altar and command folks to drink Kool-Aid to kill themselves? And now I know. There are weak-minded people in this country that will follow someone who tells you, look, I'm going to kill you. Okay, where do you want me to go to get death? I mean, it's, it's just amazing to me. And people who call themselves law-abiding citizens, people who call themselves friend of, friends of the people, can support this man. Kudos to the Lincoln Project. Those are Republican people who have operated in presidential uh, uh, Republican elections and campaigns. These people say, look, we, this is, this is a fight for our country. Damn the party. We don't, dis- we don't agree with Joe Biden on much of nothing. But we do agree that he is a patriot, that he's a decent person. Let's have the debates. Let's not do what this guy is doing. This guy, he... He he sent federal troops to clear out a space in front of the church so he could hold a Bible upside down. I bet you he can't tell you four verses in there. And Mr. Elliott, it's just the type of nonsense that we're dealing with, and people still support this fool. Yep. We got one in the chat room that fully supports him. <laughs> I, you know, he's talking about, like I said, when he's talking about having a debate with me, I don't debate Trump supporters, but you're never going to change their mind. You know, whatever I say, he's gonna he's gonna find an excuse for this guy, and that's what that's what they do. They always find excuses for this guy, no matter what he does. If President Obama did something wrong, I would point it out that he did something wrong, and when he did something wrong, I pointed it out. I didn't I didn't I didn't agree with everything he said, but you can't find a, a, a spot where they will not, where they will disagree with anything that Trump did. He didn't he didn't disband the we got a pandemic here because he disbanded the pandemic thing, you know. You know, and then he talked. Then you get the, the, the clowns that argue that this clown, oh, we, the H1N1 killed just as many people. Not, no, 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 no. Let, let's talk about 
this virus ain't even over with yet, and it's still killing people on a daily basis. A daily basis. And we're still in the midst of this virus. The second wave is not even hit yet. And, 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 and this is, this is the, 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 the protection that these clowns give this man. And, and they, don't, they don't care. As long as Trump says the racist crap that they want to hear, that's all they care about. And it's just disheartening to know that we got people in the United States like this. But, hey, man, it is what it is. And, you know, you, you gotta, you, you, I've, I've lived with racism my entire life, and it's not going anywhere. And for those who don't know you're racist, if you support a racist, guess what you are? You're a racist. So, hell, I don't have no problem. Like, I call Easy a racist every Sunday because I know what he is. You know, I, I got black friends. No, you, okay, you got black friends, but I'm still make you not a racist. I'm still not to make you not a racist. You're a racist. Come on, stop it. You know, I remember when President Obama wore a brown suit and yes. you turned on Fox News, it was almost as if he had went and stole money from the Treasury. He had embellished. It was like he should be impeached for, you know, that's, he, did not, he does not dignify the office by wearing a tan suit. And then MSNBC showed multiple pictures of President Reagan wearing a brown suit. It's it's amazing to me. It really they went ape doo doo over Benghazi. Ape doo doo. When at the same time they were they were in Congress, they were in Congress, you know, eliminating extra security funding for embassies across the world. This is the stuff that you people don't understand. We hate Obamacare. We love Kentucky Care. Well, guess what Kentucky Care is? It's Obamacare. What is wrong with you folks? It, it, it's oh my God! It's it's oh my God, Vanessa! It's like talking to children. It really and truly is. How can anybody in their right mind vote against their best interests? They talk about the wall. They talk about all this wall they put up. Well, come to find out, all they did was refurbish wall that was already up during the Obama administration. The reporter asked him a question this past week. He says, you know, how do you feel about all the damn lies you've told since you've been in office? And what was his response? Uh, next question. He, he, didn't even, he, could, he didn't even have an argument for it. <laughs> he didn't have an argument for it because he knows he's lying. He, somebody calls you a liar pretty much, instead of you saying, well, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> he didn't even have a response. You know, Johnny D, the, the Axis uh, um, uh, interview, <laughs> when he sat down with that reporter, and he had these papers, and the reporter was looking at him like, what? I mean, what, what, he, who, what people? He kept saying, well, everybody's saying, who's everybody? People yeah. who are closest <laughs> to this man are telling you who he is. And you're ignoring him. You like you know this guy. Michael Cohen is telling you, look, I'm telling you for a fact. <laughs> a fact. He has nothing to lose. He's already been in prison. It's gonna be on his record forever. He has nothing to prove. He's telling you, look, I'm the one who did the dirt. Oh well, you know, he no he didn't. He, you know, well, we don't believe him, we believe Trump. The guys are a bunch of idiots. Go ahead, go ahead, Johnny, with your comments. Well, I, I, I will say this here. Uh, 
Michael Cohen, uh, I, I guess he's trying to pretend that, that he's the, the Tom Hayden and Donald Trump is the Vito Corleone, so he's the concierge of, 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 of the mafia group. So he's just as criminal as others, but... Uh, oh, yeah, no certainly, doubt. Certainly he, he, he went to prison, so, you know, I, I, I think... I think he's had his share of trying to intimidate people and buy off people and stuff. And now, of course, uh, he's got his day to be on, on the run. And he's going to sell a lot of books and make a lot of money on it as well. Let me so ask you a question, though, Johnny. Johnny, yes, Johnny let me ask you a question. I don't want you, yes, I don't want you to lose your thought, but, but I have a question for you right now. And, and, I, and I don't know if this is where you're going with it, but I, but I want to open this dialogue up. And, you know, you can finish saying what you have to say, but, but I want to definitely get the other two's opinion on, opinions on this. Because Michael Cohen was a part of that Trump empire, because now he's – do you think – do you honestly think that he's coming clean because of what? Do you think this is BS? Do you think he's just doing this to make money? Or do you think that he is honestly saying, look, I repent it. I understand where this is going wrong. You know, what Elijah Cummings said to him uh, during that hearing, you know, touch me. And that I want to do the right thing. Do you think there's some? Do you think there's? You don't think? Do you think it's genuine, or do you think it's for you know other reasons? No, I don't think it's genuine. I mean, clearly, really? if, if he hadn't got caught, then there's no way that we know this today. Now, I think he's been sincere. So clearly, you know, for the entertainment value. He's going to have to use, you know, this versus thus far. So he's going to have to use some words in order to be descriptive so that the book will read well and it will sell. But as far as the accounts, I think that he's going to be accurate in regards to the accounts. I think that they happen. I think that he knows Trump. I mean, this guy was the concierge. This was the payoff guy. So there's a degree of trust that Trump is going to apply to him, and there's going to be conversation that he's heard that other people haven't heard because he was in on it. Now, his sincerity comes, and I'll go back to you know, uh, you know, know, a year or so ago when we had the show. When a man come after your family and he talks about your, you know, your, 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 your daughter and your wife, and, and I think his, his, his daughter um, has some, some ADA um, attributions. And when you come at him like that right there, then you leave a man to step back and say, you know what, I, I, I have no cover anymore. You know, I'm out here. People are threatening me. The more I expose you, the more people are going to look at me. The more people look at me, probably the, the safer he may feel in his own mindset. But in the big scheme of things, he's thinking, okay, you know what? I'm a profit off of this as well. So he's simply telling his truth, and he's going to make money off of it. Now, in the meantime, he's going to have his, his, his 15 minutes will turn into an hour of fame, and at some point he'll go off into obscurity. Now, I'm hoping in November this criminal will go off into obscurity as well, and then at some point uh, someone will prosecute him, and he too will do some prison time. But the sincerity, I think that the story is accurate. The purpose in regards to why he did it was simply because he was caught and he knew he was going to do some prison time, and he just simply cut a deal in order not to do as much prison time. So all of them are crooks, all of them are criminal, and, 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 and shame on him for being able to profit. But the thing is, is that he's telling an accurate and true story in my, in my opinion and beliefs. Wow. I, Vanessa, you feel the same way? You feel that this guy is, uh, this is all about 
Johnny said a couple of things there. He said talked about the guy being sincere. But he also said in so many words, look, not in so many words, he pretty much said, look, this guy is, you know, he's going to profit from this nonsense and, you know, shame on him. Do you think that, well, let me ask you something, Vanessa. Let me change the question. What if you were in that shoes? Where you, what if you were in his shoes? What, what if you were someone who saw all this stuff and, you know, decided that you were going to do the right thing and, and you know, even though you got caught? Um, should people question your sincerity? Because you got caught and you decided to come clean? What do you think? You know, that's a sticky situation. I just feel, I just really feel sorry for Michael Cohen and the rest of them that really want to tell everything on Trump. But if we're speaking on Cohen, you know, he's got that disabled daughter. And uh, my heart goes out to people that in that situation because I've been there and done that. I, I, I would have to sacrifice me. For my family, and I would tell it. I would write a book. I would do a tell-all. I, I mean, I, child, please. I would would come from telling it. I would. I would because people do change. People thought some things change, and maybe he did it then because he didn't think that it would come out, or he would get called, or you know, it's not like he Flynn, who's a Flynn was a, a government agent or whatever it was, but. Cohen was just doing it because Cohen needed the money. He wanted the money. He wanted to set his family up. He wanted to make sure his handicapped daughter was taken care of. I'm not justifying what that man did because I would take Trump to the cleaner telling it. But then you know what? Look at him. Look at Trump's niece. Look at her. She wrote a book. We talked about the book. It was a bestseller for a week, and that was it. You ain't heard nothing else about that book. Now they talking about Joy Reid's book or something. So you know what? It's just. He does so much damage, y'all, that it's just a sticky situation, and I hate that some people are just in it. I feel sorry for him. I really do. I feel sorry for Cohen. I really do, personally. Well, I mean, some people, Mr. Elias, would say, look, I don't feel sorry for him because the bottom line is he did it. You know, I mean, to repent is one thing. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, because he has, yeah. Yeah, but he knew that, too. That kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. You know, when you do things and you know, I mean, look, oh, I feel sorry for him because he has handicapped daughters. Okay. Well, he knew his daughters was handicapped when he was out here threatening people and doing what he was doing. So I do agree with okay. Johnny Mistelius so when it comes. That, Ray J, so you say that, Jay, but what I just said a few minutes ago, I don't care. Too bad people need to go vote. You got mad at me. Well, Vanessa, blah, no, blah, blah. I didn't get, first of all, Vanessa, I didn't get, you, Vanessa, I didn't get mad at you. Uh, Vanessa, I didn't get mad at you. Vanessa, I didn't get mad at you, sweetie. No, no, okay, I didn't get mad, mad at you. But you did chop But I was, no. What no, Jay, I didn't. All I'm saying is, okay, Jay, you didn't say nothing to me. All right, so all I'm saying is, what I said is the equivalent of what you just said about Cohen, he knew about the, and he had the handicapped daughter when he did all of this. People know that Trump is an a-hole, too. And if they don't get out there and go vote, then that's going to be him. That's the same thing I just said. But, but, um, but the difference, I think the difference between the Cohen situation and the situation that you're referring to is, you know, what people do are going to affect folks that they don't even know, right? I mean, so the bottom line is, is that, yeah, you know, folks that went and voted for this man and did all these different things, you know, we had a say-so. People on the other side voted against him. 
but because the other voices were allowed it in ours, or they, you know, were counted in a different way, their voice, according to our laws, uh, were, uh, and these are lawful laws, I mean, this is legal, they won on a legal basis, even though we know, now that we know that Russians and everybody else is playing a role in this thing. But the bottom line is that it's a difference because other people are affected. It's not affecting what you do in your own household. As the head of a house, you make decisions. You know, bottom line is you, have, you and your family have to live with those decisions. But decisions that I make in my house, right, are not going to, as far as my household, is not going to have an effect on my man next door. If I decide to go break the law, I jeopardize my family. I don't jeopardize the man's family next door unless I have, you know, lawless people coming in the neighborhood. So I think the difference there is that what he decided, he decided to make that decision, and he put his own self in peril with that. He didn't put other folks in peril. I mean, it's, you know you know what I'm saying? It just, it just seems to me it's a little different. But I get what you're saying because there is, there is some validity in what you just said, you know. So anyway, boy, I tell you, it, it's been a crazy, 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 crazy show. And um, let's get to Chatterbox. It's time for Chatterbox. We'll read Final Thoughts. From our world famous chat room and uh, from social media sites that we monitor, Mister LES man, do you have anything you want to add this morning, or yeah. are you just going to tell Covina them to kick man. rocks? Covina man said that uh, I did not want Senator Harris for president, but she does uh, make sense for a VP. She's a political celebrity, which helps to make the ticket more exciting. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have a few. I'm not going to read them all, um, but uh, let's see here. All right, the pastor checked in. He says, look, he says, peace and best blessings, family. I love, love, love Jerome's comments earlier in the show. He is right. I'm leveled out on this miscarriage of justice that occurs by the Trump, by Trump and his minions every day. But I'm also, but I am so glad that they are discussed during this show. I know for a fact that this show is changing the minds of those who were lost in the fog of lies by this administration. All right. Anthony from El Paso, Texas. Why do y'all continue to allow that Steve character to comment on the show? His comments are laced with conspiracy theories. It is totally irresponsible for someone to tell a group of people not to get vaccinated if a vaccine assists. Think about it from a historical perspective. Smallpox, the mumps, the measles, dot, 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 dot. My God, what is wrong with some people? Well, Anthony, listen, let me just comment to that. You know, the bottom line is there are different opinions by everybody. I think it's important for it to get out in the atmosphere, but I think it's just as important for somebody to come in and challenge it, and that's what Johnny D and what we do a lot when Steve comes on saying what he says. But he's a listener, and, you know, if he wants to listen and add his comments, so be it. We'll, uh, we will definitely make sure we correct the record accordingly. Robert Lee from Virginia. That's a unique name. Uh, though these okay, so those damn Dems always complaining. Did President Obama go voting? Uh, go to a voting booth and vote it? Give me a break. Yes, he did. This yes, man he is did. a POTUS. Yes, he did. He is too busy yes, to did. go and vote in person. What a ridiculous show topic. You guys are going to lose, lose, lose. By the way, I know you're not going to read my comments because it does not fit the theme of this show. Trump Pence 2020. Well, Robert Lee, we read your comments. Robert and Lee. like Mr. Elias yeah. did say. President Obama did go vote in person. Matter of fact, there's this infamous clip of him voting, and this guy walked by and said, hey, yep. touch my girlfriend, President Obama. And President Obama, yep. smooth as he was, said, you know what, come give me a kiss, and let's give him something to talk about. So 
That's the POTUS mm-hmm. we used to have versus the clown we have in office now. Mariana Music, oh my God, my type of gospel music. Love you guys. What's going on, Mariana? And let me read one more. Let me find one that's legitimate. Uh, oh, here's one. Noah, Natalie from South Carolina. First time listener, best show that I have heard on Blog Talk. Well done, well produced. I'll be back. Well, Natalie, come on back. We want you to come on back in the house. All right, we're going to take, step out, take our last break. Final thoughts are coming up next. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowe Show. It's time for this week's edition of Under the Radar, stories that didn't make the cut for the live show. However, they are important stories that you need to know. Here's our story for this week. Former First Lady Michelle Obama revealed she is, quote, dealing with some form of low-grade depression. She discussed her mental health in the newest episode of her podcast yesterday and pointed to the pandemic and racial tensions across the country. I'd be remiss to say that part of this depression is also a result of what we're seeing in terms of the protests, the continued racial unrest that has plagued this country since its birth. I have to say that waking up to the news, waking up to how this administration has or has not responded, waking up to yet another story of a black man or a black person somehow being dehumanized or hurt or killed or falsely accused of something, it is exhausting. And and, and it, it has led to a weight that I haven't felt in my life in, in a while. To help manage her depression, Michelle Obama says she's been keeping a regular routine, reaching out to friends and family, and exercising. Uh, guys, leave it to the former first lady to encapsulate how so many of us are feeling. And she says that even when she experiences these emotional highs and lows, she tries not to be so hard on herself. If she's not feeling the treadmill on that one particular day, she's going to give herself a break, spend more time with her family. They play games, they play puzzles. I think it's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I think just talking about it is what it comes down to and breaking the stigma, letting people know we all sort of struggle at some point or another and sometimes more than others. I think it's not easy to talk about for anyone. Uh, if you or someone you know is seeking mental health resources, you can call the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the helpline at 1-800-950-6264 or in a crisis text, 741-741. That's it. Thank you for listening. And remember, every week we'll feature stories that you need to know right here on Under the Radar, sponsored by the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm Jay Rowe. See you next time. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Right-wing demonstrators clashed with counter-protesters, including Black Lives Matter supporters in three states this weekend, Georgia, Michigan, and Oregon, where demonstrators in Portland clashed Saturday afternoon with members of a group called Patriot Prayer. Portland has seen nightly protests against police brutality for more than two months. Separately, Portland police declared a riot overnight, saying protesters had thrown softball-sized rocks, glass bottles, and other objects at them. Canada's Border Services Agency says hundreds of Americans are still trying to cross the border into Canada. Dan Karpinchuk reports that comes as the border closure is extended for another month. Canadian border agents say they've now turned back more than 12,000 Americans since March, about half of them on their way north for shopping or recreation. 
That number has increased by more than a 1,000 since last month, despite the border closure being public knowledge. Many listed sightseeing or non-essential shopping as the reason for their visit. More than 6,000 U.S. citizens were turned away for other undisclosed reasons. Officials say some Americans have still been able to get across. Of those, several have been fined for breaking quarantine rules. The current border agreement has exemptions to allow for the free flow of trade and commerce, as well as for health care workers who live and work on opposite sides of the border. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. Officials in Mauritius say a Japanese oil carrier that ran aground last month has now broken apart. The vessel hit a coral reef and spilled about 1,000 tons of fuel into the Indian Ocean. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. It was a great show this morning. Thank you so much for participating in this little thing that we do every Sunday morning called The Serious Side. But it's time for our final thoughts. And uh, ladies are first. Vanessa, final thoughts. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get in the car. I'm trying to get in the car. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm out of breath. I'm trying to get in the car. So, okay. So, guys, the only thing I can say about this is, yay. We can, look, we can do it, K-A-M, we can do it, and we can pull it off, and we can we can get the orange troll out of the office, do you hear me, if you get out and line up and vote, you can't expect somebody else to go do it for you, you can't expect for my prayers to help you, help you, you got to pray for yourself, you got to get out there and vote for yourself. If it matters to you what is happening in this country, you need to go and vote blue 2020. And if you say, oh, well, it ain't going to affect me, and like I'm saying, because I'm almost 60 years old, but you are 20-something years old or 30-something years old or 40-something years old, it's got a lot of effects on you. I'm going to have the racist effect, but you're going to have all of it. So all I'm saying is have a good week. Start praying if you're not a praying person, because this is going to get really deep. If the orange person get back in office 45, baby, this country going to see racism like they've never, ever seen it. Y'all have a good week. All right, well said. Mr. Johnny D, man, final thoughts. Once again, great, great opportunity to to, to be a part of a, a, a a bunch of contributors and, and good brothers and sisters who educate me each week. And, and like I say, uh, the comments from and the feedback from, from some of the listeners, I always enjoy that part of the show as well. Um, but this, 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 is get, this is getting serious, folks. Uh, you know, I, I, the rule of law is certainly being violated on a day-to-day basis. Uh, these who pretend that they are believers in the Constitution are allowing it to just be destroyed. And vote, 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 stay prayed up, stay healthy, uh, and take action because that's really what this is about. We can we can get on here every week and we can talk, but until you get out there and make a difference, then it'll be minimal at best, but we need action. But, Jay, like I say, love you, man. Like I say, 30 plus years of, of, of friendship, brotherhood, man. Just uh, keep doing what you do because you inspire me every week. Oh, man, kind words, brother. You know I love you. And uh, <laughs> we got 30 more years we have to 
put up with each other. Until the end of time, I appreciate you. All right, now for our live listeners, we're going to lose you here in about 30 seconds. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you back here next week on the serious side. For those who listen normally through, you know, podcasts and at your own leisure, the show continues with the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Man, final thoughts. Look, folks, um, it's strange that Vanessa said what she said about her daughter. She didn't like Hillary or she didn't like um, uh, Trump, so she didn't vote. Now, I, I got a, uh, a friend of mine. His son is saying the same thing, that, she, that he doesn't like uh, Biden or Harris or Trump or Pence. So, and I said, well, if you don't like it, get out and change it. Change, change your environment. Change Change, get out there and be a game changer. You're young enough to do it. So get out and change what you cannot do. Get out and vote. If you don't vote, you don't have a voice. People die for you to have that right. And don't sit here and tell me, oh, I don't want to vote because I don't like me. Well, damn it, somebody died for you to have that right. And if you take that for granted, guess what happens when they take it away from you? You're complaining that you can't vote. So get out and vote so you have a voice, and that way you can say something about what's going on in your country. And if you don't like what's going on, be a game changer. Go out and stand in front of somebody and run for an office. Wow. Georgia lawmaker attacks John Lewis's legacy and loses his chairmanship. Okay. A Georgia, and I'm not even going to say his name, made comments about and I say negative and derogatory comments about John Lewis. And this, pretty, this representative said, you know what, John Lewis really hasn't done anything. His only claim to fame was he got cuffed upside the head on the Pettus Bridge. Wow. And he milked that for 50 years. And he milked it for 50 yeah. years. You know, these are the types of people that walk amongst us, folks. These are the types of people who don't give a damn about their fellow man. These are the types of people who are a direct and intimate threat to the democracy of this country. For some white person who, by the way, white folks in general own slaves, okay? They call us lazy, they call us all this, but they own slaves. They took this country from people of color. Then they brought another folks of color over here to wait on them hand and foot. And you're telling me you're calling us lazy? The racism in this country is at a all-time high, and it's because of who sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. You folks got to change the narrative. You got to be smarter than this. This nation didn't get to where it is because of dumb and ignorant people. The masses have to stand up, questioning the birth of a person who was born in Oakland, California. <laughs> they didn't say anything about someone who ran for president who was born in Panama. Mm-mm. They didn't say anything about a particular senator right now who's a senator in the state of Texas who was born in Canada. They ain't heard nothing about that. People need to stop this. Wake up. This country's better than this. We have better angels. We lost two icons this past year in the last 12 months. Elijah Cummings and John Lewis. Let's not trample on their graves. Let's not disdain or, or put a mark on what they stood for. Stand up. Because like Elijah Cummins always said, we are better than this. On that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Ralph Show. 
Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. And let me tell you, we do not take this for granted that you allow us in your homes. So for Vanessa, Jerome, Johnny, Mr. I'm Jay Rouse saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. Wear a mask. God bless. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network.